0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome on back. We're going to close this week up. Final thoughts, week eight, going to give you the game theory, the picks, all the stuff that you need for the most part, right? As as nitty gritty as we can get on YouTube here. To get into this. Projection rankings up on my screen on the left. Yeah, we got three monitors now as my laptop is battling, trying to survive this. The laptop, the laptop overheats at times. The fan is working. I really got to take it easy on this poor baby right now. It's four years old. On the right side of the screen, we have some of the game notes, some of the other statistics that I'll be using. And all of this information that is in my brain right now and on my screens that's going more into my brain as we talk through this is going to be linked down below on my Patreon, where you can have access to every single thing that I'll be using. You can have access to a podcast that comes out on Sunday mornings describing exactly the process, the rules, the groupings, for MME, GPP strategy, exactly where I think our leverage is, exactly where I think the proper way to be playing tournaments is for that specific week. Not the same every single week because salaries and matchups change, but for that specific week. So all that is down below, but I hope you all having a fantastic day. And there's been a lot of things going on so far this week. There's been maybe some threats of some more COVID stuff. Seems to be fine for the main slate. As of right now, fingers crossed, knock on the wood desk that I don't even know if it actually is wood, but a lot of things are going on. I see some people on the Twitter streets right now in terms of the Daily Fantasy community getting all ads, with each other. And I just stay creeping from the outside, looking in from time to time whenever I check Twitter on my laptop, try not to keep it on my phone because then I'm just addicted to the goddamn app. I'm just looking at these people like, what the fuck are you doing with your day? But here we go. Let's get into this right now. Before we do, hit the like button if you're here with me right now. Hit the subscribe button. That big old one's going to pop up on the screen on the YouTube channel, You're listening on the podcast. I know a lot of you are, four digits of you now as we hit over a thousand views per episode right now on the podcast as that continues to grow. I think it's actually higher than that. I don't know if they have the best tracking system right now. Regardless, the community is growing and that's all thanks to all of you so thank you all so much my schedule for the rest of the week video already out and more to come live streams that type of stuff is up on my twitter at Salvetry dfs you can check that out there so what we do here is we're going to give you a game theory right quarterback running back wide receiver tight end i'm not talking about no kickers whatever league you're playing there get that shit out of here we're not talking about defenses because honestly get that shit out of here too we're talking about the positions that actually matter in football at least for daily fantasy sports in my opinion so we're going to be talking about quarterback running back Wide receiver, tight end. We'll discuss some ownership levels. We'll discuss some, some key stats. Maybe some of my projections as well. We'll peek behind the curtain there and just game theory overall, where you can get some nice leverage not only on a specific stack in a game, we can also get some leverage off of some players on their own team. Direct leverage on teams, direct lev- uh, leverage on salary prices and positions, things like that. Before we smack you with all this knowledge, and yeah, that's right, smack with an H in there, right? As my grandma would say when I was younger, yeah, you to smack him. That's what we're going to be doing right here. We're going to be smacking you with all this knowledge. Before we do, thank you, Jock Market, for sponsoring this video. Jock Market, if you're not familiar, is where Daily Fantasy Sports is now clashing head-to-head with a stock exchange you have interest in stocks and fantasy sports, I assume fantasy sports, if you're watching this, bam, what a perfect marriage for your interest. Or you want to learn more about the stock market, whether it's just actual investing in your life, or it's just curious to you. You hear people talking about it at work. You're talking about it on the news a lot. Well, the perfect way to get a little bit more experience hands-on with that is go through fantasy sports, something that you know a lot about. So the whole idea of jock market is that the IPO for fantasy sports, at least from football, they have golf contests, some free contests for both golf, NFL. They had some NBA stuff as well. It's very cool. But the whole premise of it is to buy low on these players when their IPO, their initial public offering is going to open at 8am on Sunday for the NFL and closes at noon. So you have a four hour bidding window. The goal is to buy low on these players and you can't bid too low because then somebody will outbid you like myself. I'll come in there and snatch them up with a couple minutes to go. That's the whole thrill of this thing. But you don't want to bid too high because then you're overpaying for them. And even if the players do produce, you don't get as much ROI return on your investment, aka the profit, the dollarooskies that you win. So it's kind of this little bidding war for four hours. And then you can buy and sell live throughout the entire event over the weekends. They're now available in Canada. They're coming very soon they're waiting to be approved in the Android Google Play Store. So be sure to check out Jock Market. It is linked down below. And we are doing a very special contest for this week. You can find it pinned up on my Twitter. Basically, if you enter in Jock Market, if you deposit and you send a screenshot to me and Jock Market on Twitter, they're going to give you an extra $10 and one lucky winner will get an extra $50 rooskies to play with. So be sure to check that out. We'll be talking about Jock Market's pricing, or at least their initial projections uh, throughout this video. So with all the plugs out of the way, let's start off with the quarterback position. We'll start off with Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to be, in my opinion, Uh, Maybe not the best overall stack because it will be an expensive stack, but it'll be a stack where I'm going to have a good amount of. Now, I do think Patrick Mahomes at $8,100. I thought early in the week, maybe he's going to be low owned. It looks like he's likely going to be one of the highest owned players so far this week. And it makes a lot of sense. You have the highest team total at 34.25. Yes, the spread is like 19 and a half, 20 in some places, but it's still not going to start out. Like I said, on Wednesday show, you're not going to start out up 20 to nothing. And if you are in the first quarter pretty quickly, odds are Patrick Mahomes has at least one score, potentially two scores, and maybe even three scores. This guy literally threw four touchdowns passes in the second quarter one time last year so he can get it done really quickly for you so I'm not too concerned if Chad Henney comes in again in the last seven minutes of this game or last six minutes because odds are that means they're probably winning by 30 or 40 and Mahomes has had it sitting there with a 30 plus point fantasy deck they're gonna have a strong pass blocking advantage they have the number eight overall pass blocking unit the defensive line for the Jets is at least decent they're sixth in pressure rate right now but they're just 23rd in coverage so this is not an overall great defense the Chiefs right tackle Mitchell Schwartz is going to be questionable for this week so just keep an eye on that the Jets rank right now bottom six in the league or bottom eight in the league allowing 259 yards per game you're having Mahomes attempting 35 passes per game right now over 271 yards per game this is a great spot who am I going to be stacking him with well Tyree kill Travis Kelsey are your main stacking options that becomes expensive Sammy Watkins is still not practiced so I do have the Marcus Robinson and Nicole Hardman in those stacks as well so those are the four main stacking options I will not be stacking him up with Clyde Edwards Larry's running back in my groups so those will be the groups if you're using an MMA optimizer and then to run it back on the opposite side for game stacks I would go Denzel Mims Jameson Crowder so just keeping a close eye on that you do have the rookie Michael P Ryan, who played seventy plus percent of the snaps for the Jets in that last game, but probably not somebody I'm going to be putting into my lineups as a twenty plus point underdog. There's just a lot of cheaper options from a wide receiver position, including Denzel Mims on his own team that have a lot better game flow scenarios in terms of not being down by twenty as a running back. My second yes is going to be Joe Burrow, and I think we're going to get him relatively low owned in this spot. Maybe only like six percent owned somewhere around there, relative to other quarterbacks. That's basically average. He might come in as like the seventh or eighth most owned. Now, obviously, it's only Friday morning, so this can change as a couple of days go on. People watch my video, people watch some other pieces of content. But Burrow right now is somebody that I like. You get a nice price point on him. He's going to come into this one as an underdog, five and a half points about a touchdown underdog, but still is a nice team total of about twenty four right now. Tennessee is ranked 29th in pressure, so it's not going to be that bad of a pass blocking disadvantage or advantage. It's actually going to be pretty neutral since it's a pretty brutal offensive line for Joe Burrow, but the pass rush of Tennessee is not that great. He's attempting forty two passes per game right now, which is number one in the NFL, and forty six passing plays per game in terms of overall dropbacks, throwaways things like that is number two in the NFL. His four point four deep attempts is sixth overall. He's thirty in yards of 289. This is the thing though, like between him and Herbert, I had a tweet about this. Herbert ranks right now third in yards per attempt in efficiency metric and 11th in true completion percentage. Uh, you have Burrow, maybe the offensive line is the issue, maybe not having the greatest of weapons all year long with AJ Green not starting off hot, Higgins really not having the greatest first one to two weeks in terms of his usage and his role, but 6.9 yards per attempt is 25th in the league, 29th in true completion percentage. So Burrow is getting it done based on volume, 42 attempts per game, so he's still fine for fantasy, but in terms of efficiency, it has not been there right now. Herbert has been the better rookie to this point. But but your borough stacks they pretty much condensed in their target share even if joe Mixon does return the target share is going to be t higgins right you're going to have aj green out there who's seen like 24 targets in the last two weeks back-to-back seven plus receptions in 80 plus yard games that's good to see 15 plus fantasy points in back-to-back games you have tyler boyd coming off of a season high day on 11 targets over 100 yards and a touchdown and t higgins continues to produce with back-to-back 18 point games slight issue with t higgins might be that he only saw five targets last week i'm not too concerned about that i think it was just the way that the game flow ended out but those would be my three stacking options run back options on Tennessee seem fairly obvious. A.J. Brown did not practice on Thursday, but that's been a routine maintenance day for him. You have A.J. Brown there. You have Corey Davis, who's just overpriced in my opinion, so I'm not going to get there. Adam Humphreys, who doesn't have much of a ceiling, not going to get there. It would basically be Derek Henry and A.J. Brown as my runback options. Derek Carr, I actually think, is very much so in play this week. Your main stacky options here are going to be Darren Waller one, and then some combination of probably Ruggs and Aguilar, and then after that, Hunter Renfro. Derek Carr has been good this year, and now Derek Carr finds himself in a matchup where he also comes in as a slight underdog. Quarterbacks historically as slight underdogs within like four to three points, and he's going to be a three-point underdog with good team totals. A Twenty-four implied team total right now is good to see. Cleveland is fifteenth in pass rush, so this is not going to be the greatest offensive line advantage. As Vegas's O line has not been that great this year. Carr is attempting thirty-five attempts per game, eight point two yards per attempt is seventh in the NFL. Number five in true completion percentage and two hundred and eighty-seven yards per game is borderline top five as well. So he's attempting deep passes close to four per game. This is a good spot for Derek Carr at fifty-five hundred. He's a yes for me right now. Very similar situation. I actually like Derek Carr a little bit more here, but Jimmy Garoppolo Carr because of his options being more stable consistent and and even fairly priced jimmy garoppolo at 5400 versus seattle almost identical, except he has a better team total to Derek Carr's situation. He's going to be a three-point underdog, but a 25.5-point team total versus Seattle, who in terms of just fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, passing yards, all this stuff, worst on the slate right now and worst in the NFL. They're allowing you to just get off a ton of passing plays. The stacking options here with No. Debo Samuel is basically going to be, for me, number one George Kittle, number one Brandon Ayuk, and I don't even want to mess around with much after that. I mean, you have Kendrick Bourne out there, I'll probably throw him in my group, but I think those are going to be the main guys that I get. The issue is that, yes, the rookie Brandon Ayuk has looked good. He looked fantastic, over 100 100- yards last game, but he is already priced up to $5,800. Now that's not that expensive if he's going to do what he did last week, but we don't have a proven track record with this. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I do like Carr a little bit more. Garoppolo just has limited stacking options compared to Carr, who you can go four deep with three receivers and a tight end. I really only feel comfortable with one receiver and a tight end for Jimmy G. But Jimmy G will have the 14th overall pass blocking unit. So I'll have a positive advantage because Seattle ranks 31st, second worst in pressure rating right now. Their pressure rate currently is only at 29% and they rank 14th in coverage. Now Seattle is allowing the most passing yards per game, 369 passing yards per game right now uh, to their opponents, which is just absolutely nuts. Jimmy G comes in with his 8.2 yards per attempt, seventh in the NFL tied for, so I'm going to have a good amount of Jimmy Garoppolo. My final yes, and then we'll get into some maybes, is actually going to be Aaron Rodgers. He changes from a maybe to a yes for me because he just has some still fairly priced guys. And Devonta Adams is very expensive at 8,800, but he also projects out for 25 plus fantasy points for me. And now he gets a matchup week one where Devonta Adams tore it up, where Aaron Rodgers had a very good day. MVS also had his like only good day of the season. So your main stacking options here are going to be at the Devontae Adams, MVS, and Robert Tonio. Keep in mind, Alan Lazard is practicing right now. He hasn't been officially listed off of the uh, injured reserve and set to return, but since he started practicing, he has 21 days to now come off of that. I do not think he's going to play because the Packers have been very, very cautious with these things, but keep an eye. I mean, I'm recording this Friday morning. If something happens Friday afternoon, they say he practiced and fully looks really good. He's going to be set to go. Well, then Alan Lazard would be my second favorite stacking option well, being after Devontae Adams with these Packers team. But I'm not too sure that happens. Rodgers right now is number three in deep attempts, so a lot of big play upside. Eight yards per attempt is a very good match. Metric. He's right around top 10 in that department. He's number one in adjusted yards per attempt as well. So he's being very efficient. That's just taking out throwaways, uh, taking out types of things like drop passes from your receivers. The main way to get to Aaron Rodgers, as we saw with Tampa Bay, and as it has been in the past, past games in, in like the last couple of years, brutal games against Denver Broncos in the past, uh, against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. If you generate pressure on this quarterback, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt any quarterback. But if you generate pressure on him, especially when he has somewhat limited weapons outside of Devonte Adams, it's going to cause issues. Well, Minnesota ranks 30th in pass rush. It's not going to cause issues. They rank 25th in their secondary. And it doesn't look look like their former first round pick Mike Hughes is going to be ready. It doesn't even look like maybe Dantzler is going to be ready. So they don't have a lot of guys in the secondary, like their secondary is already bad. And now their two best cornerbacks, which are already bad quarterbacks in the NFL are potentially going to be out. So yes, Fire up Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. It's going to be an expensive stack. I think that'll still be like somewhere around five percent or not that owned because of it. I would probably then put maybe an MVS or a Robert Tonyan in there and run it back on the opposite side with a decent amount of options. Dalvin Cook, you can go Adam Thielen, you can go Justin Jefferson. It is an expensive stack though, so you might have to try and get down somewhere else. Maybe you punt tight end if you don't go Tonyan. Maybe you go down to one of these four K like Denzel Mims types receivers. Where you're probably automatically pumping defense in this situation. So those are the five guys I have yeses on. I'll kind of finalize those Sunday morning on the Patreon podcast if you want. To access to that and all the other stuff, all the other tools, the more informed you are, the better chance of winning. I'm talking with the ownership people today actually about getting some data so we can start ownership projections maybe as next week, fingers crossed, knock on some wood, But patreon.com backslash Sal underscore underscore to check all of that out. Final maybes and interests, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Kirk Cousins will also be my player pool for quarterbacks. We'll see if I get any more of them as the week goes on. I do think that Russell Wilson will be owned. Josh Allen and Herbert will be at least neutrally owned. I think that you're going to get a lot of low ownership on Kirk Cousins, who he does have expensive stacking options. But not that expensive. Jefferson and Adam Thielen being the main ones, so he's in a decent spot here. Where he had a nice game week one against the Packers. A lot of that was in garbage time though, playing from behind. We now hit up the running back position. Well, we will have some injuries, so we're going to start off with two guys who just look like studs on the week. You're going to have Alvin Kamara, and then you're going to have Derrick Henry. I have interest in both of them. So if I right now, what you're going to get is the Saints having a positive 14% run blocking advantage. They're number nine in run blocking overall right now. The Bears rank 15th in run defense and seventh in tackling. Kamara's is seeing about 12 and a half carries per game. 25 red zone touches is seventh in the NFL right now. He's Top 20 in overall rushing yards. He has seven total touchdowns, which is first. And there's a lot of great things here. He's second in evaded tackles, only to Dalvin Cook, who Dalvin Cook is first in evaded tackles, even though he's had his bye week and also missed a game and a half so far this year, which is just absolutely crazy. 8.8 per game currently for Dalvin Cook. But you're getting everything you expect from Alvin Kamara. He just, maybe if anything, like he has seven touchdowns. He should probably even have more. Like last week, he doesn't find any touchdowns, even though he had a ton of touches in a game where his team scores a lot of points. So Alvin Kamara, 8,200, I do like. He's fourth overall in Jock market rankings. Probably something that I stay away from. Obviously, he can finish first and pay off for you in a major way based on his usage, but probably just something I stay away from. I think you're, you're buying kind of a high point on Alvin Kamara, especially with Michael Thomas set and practicing on Thursday and potentially returning Derrick Henry. I don't normally say this. I think I prefer Derrick Henry to Alvin Kamara. And this is the concern with Derrick Henry. Whenever he's talking, it seems like he always goes off. Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry are probably going to come in with equal amounts of ownership. Now, Alvin Kamara obviously has his passing game role, which on DraftKings is going to be dynamite for you. But even then, Derek Henry is still averaging over five and a half, right around five and a half more touches per game. And he's seeing double the red zone work so far on the season so Derek Henry is somebody that I currently like it's really tough for me not to want to if I'm playing one single entry lineup get to Derrick Henry eat the chalk there get different within my stacks and then we go on he's seeing an 83% opportunity share which is second in the NFL right now 6.3 red zone attempts per game is by far number one in the NFL he's third in breakaway runs and he's also running 15 and a half routes per game you're getting close to three targets per game out of Derrick Henry we saw in that overtime game when he had a huge humongous game right uh, the 200 plus rushing yards the big reception and overtime on what was kind of just basically a check down not even a screen we can see what he does when he has the ball in his hands in the passing game so eric henry probably i prefer more to alvin kamar but both are strongly in play next up is aaron jones keep an eye on this one i think it's a like calf strain i haven't been yellow on youtube because he's still banged up he's still injured has not practiced and we're getting into friday morning now so keep a close eye on this if he's out jamal williams is going to be somebody that i think is actually in play this price point is now up to 6100 but you're basically getting you got all the usage of jamal williams 20 plus touches last week all the snap percentages all the goal line work and even the late down work uh, late fourth quarter running out the clock over aj Dillon. so if aaron jones was to miss you get a 1200 discount down to jamal williams and i think that's actually fair so just keep an eye on that that would be my interest we'll have updates as well on patreon sunday but also the live stream so again like subscribe notification about all those things so you can be notified of when we go live if you listen just on the podcast we do do live streams on sunday mornings at 10 a.m east coast time and before each of the showdown slates on monday and thursday night just so you're aware of that you can check that out on the youtube channel but aaron jones is gonna have a positive 17 percent run blocking advantage minnesota ranks 29th they're just terrible at everything on defense right now 29th in run defense you're getting over 20 opportunities game 20.6 to be exact right now for Aaron Jones 5.6 of those being targets and he's number seven in yards per touch he continues to be very good week one, he had 76 total yards and the touchdown finished as the RB12 versus Minnesota I do prefer Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara but if Aaron Jones is ready to go 7300 pretty nice option especially as a run back in any of your Minnesota stacks expect this next man to be maybe one of the best cash plays on the slate at his price point price point only comes up $100 but expect him to be insanely insanely chalky in GBPs does not mean you have to get away from him you can go to some other spots but I do think that there are some pivot options you have $6,900 Kareem Hunt right now who look Kareem Hunt is going to have a strong run back advantage plus 19% according to pro football focus he's going to be right now my number one overall value play in my running back ranking so let's just go to this right now also Vegas ranks 22nd and run defense but if I go to my running backs right now on my Patreon projections link down below uh, if I rank this right now by overall plays he'll be number two so there's another guy ahead of him that you can check out on Patreon he'll be number two based on my updates this morning but I haven't projected for over 20 fantasy points he's only one of two running backs that I projected for over 20. Fantasy points. The other one is Alvin Kamara, who currently sits right now over $1,000 more expensive than him. Kareem Hunt is a very strong play. Look, there's been three weeks so far this year for Kareem Hunt where he has not, he's been the starter, right? Without Nick Chubb out there. And what he's doing is averaging 17 attempts on the ground. One of those games, he was limited that first game when actually had Chubb getting hurt and 3.7 targets per game. So he's number four in the NFL, even with Chubb being healthy the first three, three and a half weeks of the year in red zone touches. That's how used he is in the red zone right now. And he's averaging 20.7 touches per game since you had Nick Chubb go out. Kareem Hunt is a very strong play for me. He's somebody that I just, Put into my cash lineup and then try and go from there. Joe Mixon still battling injury. Keep a close eye on this. If he is out, it's not the same exact scenario. I do prefer Jamal Williams over Giovanni Bernard. If both Mixon and Aaron Jones were to miss again, I'm not too as high on Giovanni Bernard. We saw he was involved in the passing game. I'll still have interest in Giovanni Bernard. He'll be in a player pool for me, but I would much rather play at sixty one hundred dollars Jamal Williams if Aaron Jones was out. Now, if Aaron Jones is in and you have Joe Mixon out, fifty eight hundred dollars Giovanni Bernard looks okay, but he's still more expensive than Miles Gaskin. He's still more expensive than DeAndre Swift, so he's nowhere near. the same play as last week. It's not a plug and play by any means. Joe Mixon. I just play Mixon because of just the overall volume that he's getting right now. If you just look at who's the only guy seeing more volume in the NFL, it's actually Derrick Henry seeing 26.7 opportunities per game. That is targets plus rush attempts. And you have right now, Joe Mixon at 24.2 Tennessee is second bottom half of the league 17th overall in run defense. He's battling some injuries and they have a bye week next week. So just keep a close eye on that. And then I'll give you a little bit of a teaser away right now that we talked about earlier. My number one running back in terms of point per dollar value bang for your buck, right? Factoring in your projection based on your price point. It's actually Josh Jacobs at $6,200. Josh Jacobs for me is not going to be, I mean, he's going to be owned, right? He'll be like one of these five guys that picks up a lot of ownership. I think those guys will probably be Kareem Hunt, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs. And then we'll end up seeing what happens with the fifth guy. Maybe it'll only be four guys. Maybe like James Conner picks up some. If Aaron Jones is healthy, he'll pick up some. Right now, it's looking like maybe because of the questionable tag, that Aaron Jones is actually going to be the leverage in this range, which easily I'll jump to Aaron Jones over Kareem Hunt if it means that he might be like a quarter or a third of the ownership. So that's a decent pivot option for you game theory wise. But Josh Jacobs looks pretty good. Uh, cash games looks fine, right? He's not the pass catching type of a guy, but still looks fine. He's still getting some passing game work right now. i uh, seeing somewhere around four targets per game. He's seeing over 23 opportunities per game. Cleveland ranks 16th and run defense. So it'll be a slight run blocking disadvantage, which has been Josh Jacobs issue. His offensive line has been terrible. He's seeing a 69% opportunity share, 19.3 times per game, those four targets right now. And he's number six in evaded tackles, a category in which he basically led the NFL, according to pro football focus, his rookie year, even missing some games as well. My final yes right now is actually going to be a rookie this year who's currently and slowly starting to take over as a monster. And we we had a we had a wise fella Get into the comment section of a video that I did the day after the NFL draft where I said, as of right now, don't have as much interest in DeAndre Swift because they still have on Johnson out there, right? They still have a bunch of running backs out there that they say they want to use. At that point, it was both Scarborough and Ty Johnson before they cut him. And they came out and basically said in their press postgame conference that we want to use all these guys. And then they go out and get Adrian Peterson. My sentiment changed as the season got closer. DeAndre Swift looks good. DeAndre Swift, as long as he's healthy, DeAndre Swift is a fourth or fifth round draft pick, is very good. This guy waited until yesterday to go back back to that video and comment on it my man my man spending his thursday nights i saw that and i just went lol i give him the big lol can't take none of this stuff seriously i, I encourage you to check out the Podfather rant on that i was listening to this and i was like this is literally exactly how i li- live my life If you take anything that you see on social media seriously from other people's comments to you unless it's constructive criticism and deservingly so you're just gonna mess up your mental state so i saw that guy and i just said lol thanks my man because this week we got deandre swift as a full-on yes right we've turned the shift from the day after uh, the draft after he was drafted into a backfield with carryon johnson and the donkeys have of- Matt Patricia to Detroit Lions, and why would you not? His first week, last week of seeing the majority of the opportunities, right? You basically saw he led them in opportunities, uh, having thirteen after having seventeen in Week Six, right? So thirty opportunities in the past two weeks for him right now in this backfield—that's very good to see. He saw his highest snaps ever in Week Seven at forty-five point six percent, controlling all the fourth quarter carries and a lot of red zone work, seeing four red zone touches. on Johnson in this game uh, absolutely went way, right? He had zero touches, so we like this a lot. They're gonna have a positive run blocking advantage against Indy, and also he'll be in a nice situation potentially to. Catch a lot of dump off passes. $5,300 is my cheapest yes right now, DeAndre Swift. And then we have a long list, or a decent sized list, maybe not a long list, of guys that I have some interest in. Dalvin Cook, James Conner. I think Miles Gaskin is a nice pivot if DeAndre Swift was to pick up a lot of ownership. Right now, it seems like DeAndre Swift will still stay in the single digits in ownership. Gaskin will probably be coming in at similar ownership. So if they'll be coming in at similar ownership, uh, coming off the buy is nice for Gaskin. Different change in quarterback, expected to maybe be a rushing quarterback. If he's healthy in Tua, that can hurt Gaskin, especially around the red zone. So I'll go to DeAndre Swift here over Gaskin, expect if it's going to be similar ownership. I Edward Solaire with Le'Veon Bell. I have interest in both of them. Le'Veon Bell's 4,600. You're probably gonna see somewhere around 10 to 12 touches. They're huge favorites. Maybe it gets up to 15 touches if this game does turn into a blowout. His former team, maybe Andy Reid says, go lay down the pipe in here, go get your 80 plus yards and a touchdown. Maybe so. He's in play for me. Probably not gonna get a lot though, based on my projection. Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman might be returning this week, so keep a close eye on that. Could be a three headed backfield, which tempers my expectations on McKinnon. I do have him projected out pretty nicely now, as he was quote unquote rested in that last game. And then finally, keep an eye on this. Seattle backfield. I now have all four running backs in the projections. I'm expecting Chris Carson not to play, but keep an eye on that. He's a game time decision. Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer are both questionable at this point. And then the rookie DJ Dallas is the only healthy back. He's the minimum $4,000 at this point. He would be on a team with a 29 implied total as a favorite. So if all three of those guys were to miss this weekend, keep a close eye on this. DJ Dallas would become a plug and play at $4,000, the rookie. We now move over to the wide receiver position. And as we do hit the like button for me, Big ol' subscribe button pops up. I appreciate that a ton wide receiver position led by Devante Adams. It does not mean he's my favorite play although he is my highest projected wide receiver right now on the patreon projections linked down below he's projected for 25.8 fantasy points which based on his projection even at his price point makes him my number two overall point per dollar play so that's how many points that i think this guy's gonna put up and it's not just me throwing a random number out there i, I work very hard to have accurate projections that have been accurate for years now and will help you win more because they're going to inform you more so adams looks like a strong option if you want to go as a one-off if you want to try and jam him into cash like a lot of people did last week and then just build your lineup around him i think it still looks pretty good because look minnesota is going to be throwing out a worse secondary than houston did last week and he went for 190 plus yards and two scores against that team now he's going up against a team where he has a 28 implied team total he's going up in a divisional matchup where they're going to be down mike hughes who's playing a lot of slot cornerback anyways they're going to be down maybe dantzler who's one of their outside primary cornerbacks so they're already down coming into the year like two guys they already lost like xavier rhodes already down some other guys in their secondary safeties banged up and now they're going to be like down to like their fourth and fifth string cornerbacks if this actually pans out to where we are right now based on friday's injury reports so adams is obviously in play he'll get Dantzler if he's actually healthy who's allowing 1.98 yards per coverage drought right now that's the fifth worst in the week so right now at best at best Minnesota is going to throw out a cornerback against Devontae Adams that is the fifth worst on the week in terms of how many yards he gives up per coverage snap and now Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the league especially at releasing getting open so looks like another week where he's going to be run like Aaron Rodgers said on Pat McAfee show just running left and right with six plus yards of separation his 34 percent target share leads the NFL on 11.5 per game he is seeing 112.2 yards per game which is number one in the NFL as well, and he's the top fantasy point per game wide receiver right now. Week one against Minnesota, 17 targets. Wowza, I have in my notes for the game-by-game game notes on Patreon. 14 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Look, he's going to be expensive. He's honestly not expensive enough based on my projection. Adam Thielen would be your decent runback option on the opposite side, one of the runback options at the receiver's position that you can go to. He'll mainly see Jair Alexander, who's PFF's number one cornerback, which is concerning right now, but he did get the best of him in week one. Adam Thielen had a huge game in week one, and when he was actually lined up against a Jair Alexander, he had four catches for over 60 yards and a touchdown so he scored over 16 fantasy points on Jair alone then he went on to score more points against some of the other cornerbacks on the Packers so it's not the greatest of spots I don't want to bet on that happening again but he'll move into the slot a decent amount it won't be a 100% shadow maybe like a 60-65% maybe even this week as Justin Jefferson has now emerged you see some more Justin Jefferson Jair going on him so I'm fine getting to some Adam Thielen. maybe a yes is aggressive but based on the fact that I like both game stacks of this one it gets me to a little bit more yeah next up have Tyree Kill will be my main stack he is priced up since last week but he's still way too cheap he the likely see. I mean, he'll he'll be all over the field. Brian Poole in the slot. Brian Poole has been a very good slot cornerback, a top five cornerback overall in the NFL in terms of PFF grades. Right now, Tyreek ranks 15th in overall slot snaps. He's seen a 20 plus percent target share on the season. He's top 10 in air yards. Everything looks good for Tyreek. He's six in deep attempts, everything you would imagine, but he's also getting the red zone work. Eighth in that department. Tyreek right now with Patrick Mahomes who's probably going to be owned, right? There's there's ways to get to Mahomes at 8,100. Tyreek at $6,700 might honestly be like 500 to $700 too cheap. And next up on the yeses, we can just knock out all these yeses at once. I have right now every single one of these cincinnati wide receivers as a yes because i think they're all strongly in play tyler boyd coming off of his best game yet he's gonna have a matchup against fulton which is very strong in the slot for him fulton plays 61 percent of the time in the slot and you have right now tyler boyd with a 23 percent positive advantage he's seen 8.7 targets per game he's coming off of his best game of the year we had 11 targets over 100 yards and a touchdown he's number three in the nfl tyler boyd. this just how much usage he's getting number three right now in terms of his receptions on the year and then you can go down to the next guys on this list a lot of people are probably going to scarf from me but aj green right the dusty old veteran that every but even though he keeps getting air yards and targets and he was overthrown a couple weeks in a row, one on a touchdown week one on Thursday night football, one for like a 30 plus yard game, might've been a touchdown, overthrown by his rookie quarterback who has not been accurate this year. Everybody's jumping up and down that it's all AJ Green's fault. Obviously part of it is him aging and not playing for a year and a half, but part of it's not just him falling apart. And we've seen that the last couple weeks on 24 targets. He's in play as a cash game option, but also mainly a GBP option for me. He's going to see some Malcolm Butler who's been brutal, allowing 1.5 yards per cover snap this year. That's not good. Anything over one starts to become bad. He's seen a 20% target. And over eight targets per game. He's still number two in air yards in the league, 17% slot usage. And in back to back games, he's seen over 10 targets. So this is his back to back game totals right now. Last two. 24 targets last two games. He's seen basically over 80 yards per game and seven plus receptions. I like that a good amount. And he's still just 4500 dollars so The final guy and the final yes that I'll have because they have such a condensed target share is T Higgins, a rookie who well, look, he had his least targets on the year last week, just five. Before that, the lowest that he had was six. But he did get into the end zone still. He still put up 18 plus fantasy points and he saw a season high 90% of the snaps. So seeing a season C- season high, 90% of the snaps, five targets is just fluky. Expect more times and not like six to eight plus more times in that situation. Seeing seven targets per game, these top 20 right now in air yards. And he's seen four straight games of four plus receptions and 60 plus yards with a lot of touchdowns nestled in there. In my opinion, the spot where you probably start a lot of your cash lineups this week, or at least consider it, $6,200 Keenan Now, who continues not to be priced up. He has a 26% red zone target share, 31% target share overall, which is fourth in the NFL right now continues to just be hammered with targets, seeing close to 11 targets per game. In week seven, he caught 10 of 13 targets, a 31% share in that game, basically matching his season average right now. On 13 targets, he had 125 yards, those 10 receptions. He looks very good. Now he gets Denver. He'll be moved all over the field, the outside, the inside. He'll go into the slot. He'll see Bryce Callahan, who's a very good cornerback, but nobody that I'm really concerned with for Keenan Allen's skill set all that much. EFF, Pro Football Focus, actually has it still as a positive advantage for Keenan Allen, and I would actually side with that as well. You're going to get a contested catch artist, a guy running out of the slot with the top 10 yards per route run. Get yourself some Keenan Allen, basically, a lot of formats this week. You don't have to automatically lock button him in cash, but he's going to be a strong and a highly owned guy. My highest owned wide receiver last week, I expect him to be strong and up there yet again. Jarvis Landry, look, 5,600, there's no Odell. And Odell being out is going to give, let's be honest here, a bigger bump to Donovan Peoples Jones than Jarvis Landry. So what are you talking about? Well, Jarvis Landry is still going to play the same amount of snaps that he usually does. I still expect him to probably see right around this 20 to 22% target share, right? He's seeing close to six targets per game on the season. Maybe now that goes up to seven or eight, like at most with Odell being out, but it's going to help Donovan's Peoples Jones, who had one target coming into last week week. the rookie and then he ends up now having three targets and he has his first three receptions of his career he was a late six round pick or i think an early i think he was picked eighth overall if i remember correctly in the sixth round out of michigan never really did too many great things there but has a lot of athleticism he'll see a bump up rashad higgins will see a bump up but don't fall for rashad higgins on your waiver wire spending all your fab all this stuff he caught all six of his passes for over 100 yards rashad higgins is not going to average over 18 yards per reception ever again maybe in his career he normally averages like 10 to 11 to 12 last year, he averaged, I think 13. And that was a career high. So don't be fooled by Rashad Higgins. I think that you have decent upside in Donovan's people Jones, if you're trying to add one on your waiver wire, or you probably have at this point, but Landry's a guy that I'll have interest in the matchup for him just in general with Joyner in the slot. Even if Odell was out there, it looks very good. Joyner allowing 1.3 yards per coverage snap so far this year. Landry only seeing an eight and a half red zone target share. Expect that to actually go up with no Odell being out there. So I do like Landry at this point, he will be my final. Yes. But then look, that's not all the receivers. I don't have just interest in like seven receivers this week, If you're looking on YouTube right now, I'll start to scroll through all my maybes because a lot of these guys will be in my groups. If you use MMEs and optimizers, we talk about my groups, my rules, a lot of exposures, things like that, that I like to do randomness on the show on Patreon on Sunday morning. Again, down below, you can check that out. But here's all the maybes that i have interested in and it goes on a little bit longer. Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson battling a concussion. So check that out. If he was to miss, going up against New Orleans on the greatest of spots in their secondary. So you can have some advantage here with Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller. Mooney has been fantastic. He's just been overthrown. Like his quarterback just flat out stinks. he he beat twice Jalen ramsey has not been good this year been undercover bad this year he beat him twice on the outside one should have been like a 90 plus yard touchdown aj brown had a scheduled maintenance day on thursday he's definitely in play as a run back for my cincinnati stacks i continue to scroll here steph diggs justin jefferson is in play for those green bay stacks you have both the rams wide receivers which are really hard to pinpoint because they're only throwing like 30 times per game but both of these guys are top four i believe in yards after the catch so that's where they're really sustaining their upside right now by averaging like 60 yards per game for cup and 50 yards per game for woods but they're both expensive so like if i had to choose right now, I would not play $6,500 cup or $6,300 Robert Woods, but I also expect nobody else to. So this is a decent, maybe sneaky stacking option against Miami and in their secondary, which is a spot that you can pick apart, but they're playing slow. They're playing efficient and running the ball a lot more this year, the Rams. So it's really hard to get uh, that encouraged, especially if Jared Goff's going to take off in the red zone. He doesn't do it often, but he does a little bit. I could take away from that upside. I think they're a little bit overpriced. If anything, I lean towards a no. Crowder is a decent runback option. He's cheap at 5,800. You're going to have my stacks when it comes to San Francisco and you can see the rest of these guys here. Deontay had Johnson battling injury, Nelson Aguilar, in my Derek Carr stacks, as well as Hunter Renfro. You're going to have Cardman in my uh, Kansas City stacks. Mike Williams will also be in my stacks. I have Rashad Higgins on here because he's only 4,200. Like if you're talking about spending a lot of your fab and season long, I don't like it, but at just 4200 yeah, I think he sees probably around six targets. It's going to be a decent matchup for him. I do think that he'll probably pick up some ownership. So I'd rather just punt all the way down if you're looking for a cheap receiver. So like a Denzel Mims against the Jets right now, who in his first game caught four of his seven targets. And that was in a game where basically it all came in the first half because they only had like four passing yards. I think Donald in the second half, just brutal. So now let's finish it up by moving over to the tight end position. And again, check out Jock Market, Daily Fantasy Sports meets a stock exchange. There's links to the app down below, as well as the website in the description. And I'll also put up the link to the contest where basically all you have to do is screenshot your account on Jock Market, showing that you deposited, and then you just go over to Twitter at salvage DFS. You tag me. It's all pinned up in my profile. The tweet will be so you can uh, check out exactly what you have to do, but you get 10 free bucks. So if you have an app, if you have the app on your phone right now, take it out. It takes two seconds to screenshot it. And then it takes another like five seconds to go over to Twitter. And then it takes like 10 seconds to at me and Jock market and say, here you go. Give me my 10 free dollar whiskeys. And maybe I'll be that one lucky person who gets 50 free dollar whiskeys this week, The tight end position. It seems honestly very straightforward this week. Last week, it seemed like you could either punt or pay up depending on what you wanted to do. I would only punt or pay up. So it was either like Kelsey last week, or you're punting all the way down to Hunter Bryant, which is what we did in our main lineup. And it ended up working out for us. I wasn't going to do that. I changed it literally like 10 minutes before the game, uh, or maybe 20 minutes before when we got the news that Harrison Bryant was actually going to be starting over David and Joku. But this week, it seems very straightforward. You have the expensive tight ends that are going to look really good. Waller, Kelsey, and Kittle. I have a lot of interest in each of them. expect for every single one of those guys to probably pick up 20 plus percent ownership, but it's deservingly so at this point. Waller is my number one point per dollar play, my number one tight end play this week. But all three of those guys that I just mentioned are in my top four in tight end plays currently. And then my final yes is going to to be Hunter Henry, who I also expect to pick up a decent amount of ownership, maybe not 20%, but probably around like 12 to 15% ownership. He's just getting unlucky. You had Donald Parham catch his second touchdown on the year, where he's only really had like three targets on the entire season. You had Virgil Green catch a touchdown, who somehow is still on this team of the Chargers. it seems like for like the past decade. Hunter Henry's time will come, especially if he'll continue to see 20% of the air yards, especially if he'll continue to see seven plus targets per game. And then you have some other options that I like. Eric Ebron continues to be involved in that offense. He's just in the 3K range. He's way too cheap right now. You have Noah Fant who's continuing to battle injury but he'd be a nice runback option for your charger stacks that's probably the only spot I get him in Jared Cook if indeed you get Michael Thomas back I probably put him towards a no he's not getting the same amount of usage even last week with uh, a guy Michael Thomas out and even Emmanuel Sanders still wasn't getting the same amount of usage found the end zone but barely got you there at just 12 fantasy points Robert Tonian we mentioned in the stacks is probably the only spot I get him you have as a runback option for Cincinnati John o. Smith, who's been struggling and I expect you to probably not see any ownership at all in John o. Smith this week if I look at it he's probably going to come in in the single digit ownership, maybe six, 7%. And then some cheapies to punt outside of $3,900 Eric Ebron. It's not even a full punt. There's nobody really that far down there. Um, you have Harrison Bryant at 3,200. He got it done last week, but keep this in mind. He only ran last week, 14 routes. He ended up seeing five targets on those. So he's seeing a high target rate and two touchdowns. So I wouldn't get too excited about going right back to him. He is cheap, yes, but he's not as cheap as he was last week. But we have seen him do this before. Earlier in the season, he ended up having 16 routes and saw four receptions on those. So if the target rate's going to remain high for him and Baker's targeting tight ends a lot right now, then it's at least something that you can see as reasonable, but he is priced up to 3,200. Trey Burton is just $3,500 this week. Trey Burton, I actually think I would prefer over uh, Harrison Bryant so far. Trey Burton is just $3,500 this week. He's seeing a 15.5% target share on 5.3 targets per game. He's seen two red zone targets and 36 yards per game since he's returned. I actually, would prefer right now Trey Burton over Harrison Bryant. You're just getting more usage out of Trey Burton. You're getting similar red zone usage out of both of these guys, uh, but they're if they're going to be similar price points, just $300 more for Trey Burton. Let's look at the game flow so far for Trey Burton. Trey Burton, since he's returned, 17, 18, and 23 routes. His routes have increased every single week. His snaps, 49, 43, and 58% of the snaps before the bye against Cincinnati. And this is the usage that he's seen so far. He's seen Five targets, six targets, and five targets. So you're getting very similar usage to Harrison Bryant in terms of Bryant seeing like five targets and five targets in like the two games that he's actually had an extended role of around 14 and 16 routes. But every single week so far, Trey Burton has been running more routes than Harrison Bryant has on the entire season. 17 is his low point where Bryant's is 16. So you're just getting more overall usage in terms of routes run. You're getting more consistent target shares. I'm not shocked this week to see 15 routes run for Harrison Bryant and just two targets, right? That's not something that's that crazy based on the fact that he's not running a lot of routes. So I prefer between the two of them, Trey Burton. I also like Eric Ebron in that range. Other than that, in that cheaper range, in like the four K range, Hunter Henry. And then if you don't like that, pay up for the studs. Darren Waller is too cheap at fifty six hundred dollars as well. So thank you so much for tuning in and giving me your time to try and win some dollar ruskies that you can then go while drinking your brewskis to buy some more brewskis. I appreciate it all. We might have some T shirts out pretty soon. We're gonna get Yalf, dollar ruskies, fellows, fellows, fellows. We're gonna have a lot of stuff brewskis. We're gonna have a lot of stuff on these T shirts. So check it out. Maybe we'll do a that one do that one do video coming out tomorrow. Player props video will be out Friday at noon depending on when you're watching this it might already be out so check that out try and win some dollar skis on any player prop site but monkey knife Fight, you should support them because they support us they just signed a massive deal with the NFLPA. but thank you yet again thumbs up button hit that for me big subscribe and it pops up. If you only listen on the podcast, be sure to come over to YouTube, do those things. So you can actually see some of the live streams as well. And we also put a lot of data up on the screen behind us. So, so it'll help get you more of a better idea of some of the key stats that I use, all the key stats, projections, rankings, uh, showdown slate information, closing thoughts podcast, where we go very deep into our GPP and MME strategy. Uh, and even it'll help you out. Even if you just play one or three lineups, it'll help you out. If you play 150 or trying to learn how to play 150, take you step-by-step step through that in a very condensed and easy to digest way game notes, all that stuff on the Patreon down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore check out jock market go get your free ten dollar rooskies. take out your phone right now screenshot it and just you'll go over your twitter app and just tag me and jock market takes two seconds you all rock happy friday everybody happy weekend depending on when you're watching this football is very very close we're close to sunday i cannot wait i'll see you all in the next one